Hey, good evening, Patriots. Tonight is Sunday, January 21st, or the end of Sunday, January 21st. And we had a fantastic prayer morning, if you weren't part of that. It's a great chance to get online and, and be with us. We had uh, about three hours of straight prayer today, which was fantastic, a prayer request, which is super. And then last night, um, Leah, Michelle, and I, obviously Leah and Michelle from Resistance Checks, and I did a six-hour online corporate worship and and him, and and it was powerful. Just a long night, but a good one. And so we're going to do that once in a while. And I'll, I didn't do a good job of informing you this time because it was kind of a last-minute pop-up, but we will be doing those once in a while. Those were posted on Rumble. You can find them there if you want to go back and see them. They're very good and just really powerful. And we had an open Zoom call as well, which worked well this time. If you remember, if you were part of the one last week, <laughs> it was probably Mossad playing tricks, but we had a bunch of uh, Muslim actors come in and start screaming all al-Akbar and stuff, which is pretty interesting. Not something I would want to repeat if we didn't have to, and we didn't have to. Michelle did a great job of setting up some security protocols that worked this time. Nothing fancy, but it was enough to keep the 
trolls down, which was good. We're going to talk about some things of sovereignty and understanding really our authorities this this evening. In a time when it seems like all the elites have are trying to gain all the authorities over us, and even then we're trying to, we're kind of being told that the only people that can fix it are politicians, which we know is not true, but it's part of the lie which they want us to believe and they want to perpetuate. And it's for that reason that it gets always a bit confusing and very difficult when we're sitting here trying to navigate our way through a, a maze of untruths. And it really is that. It's a maze of untruths. So before we get going, my pillow is has been with us now coming up on three years. Great company and great products. At this point in time, I couldn't actually imagine not having my pillows in my life. As crazy as that sounds, they're a great product. They're it's just it's a it's a pride actually to have them in the house because of what the company represents. They've got amazing deals, and of course you can always go over to our homepage, which is mypillow.com forward slash bards, B-A-R-D-S. Use your promo code BARDS, and there you'll find everything, all the great sales that are on right now. Giza cotton sheets and the MyPillow 2.0 are two of my favorite. Add a comforter to that with a with a duvet, and you're in business. Their mattresses are fantastic. I, you know, I don't believe in advertising something that I don't use and haven't tried. So I pretty much have most of the stuff of their main product lines: mattress, mattress frame, my pillow, um, comforter, duvet, towels, kitchen towels. Probably come up with a couple other things too, but they're all there, and they're they're fantastic products. Even tried their coffee, which is good. And even has some constitutions that you can frame. Also good. So I would just encourage you to head over to MyPillow.com and do as much of your household shopping. Remembering that it was thanks to us patriots that aligned with MyPillow that Bed Bath & Beyond is no longer around. So it's a good time to support them. They want that company torn down. They continue to wage war against Mike Lindell because he's standing for what is right. And that's fighting for liberty. And so much of his profits in a true way of a Christian go to the betterment of the many, not to the lining of his pockets. He truly does give an enormous amount. I've told this story before when after Barsfest 1 in St. Louis, um, he, his plane broke down, so he stayed the night. And after having an amazing presentation at Barsfest 1, which was a Friday night, there was a rainbow that broke out after in the sky after he spoke. He told his story, whole story of coming to Christ. He then stayed and shook the hand of every person that wanted to shake his hand and had time to talk to them. And then went on inside and sat down with every single podcaster that remained that wanted to have an interview with him. He didn't miss one. He didn't leave there till almost midnight or beyond. And the next, and his plane had broken down, so he stayed. He wasn't going to. He was actually going to fly out that night and then come back late Saturday for another meeting. And the meeting had to be there for election in integrity and accountability in Missouri, and it was there in St. Louis County. Long story short, he, because he's at the meeting early, he gets to hear the whole meeting. Dr. Frank, who you've heard of, has presents a, his case. The, the, everybody comes to general agreement, which is unusual, that they need to check for voter integrity and voter and accuracy of the vote. And the... Attorney General, which was Eric Schmidt, 
made the comment, well, now we need to raise the money. And they said, how much is it going to be? And I believe the dollar figure was $10 million to do the canvassing. And Mike just sat at the table and he said, I'll pay for the whole thing. And he literally wrote him a check. That's the type of guy he is that most people don't see. He's fantastic. And so there's always a good reason for you to understand these companies that continue to be with us, I believe in. And I believe in him. So anyway, my pillow. You're not just buying a pillow. You're literally buying a chunk of liberty. Seriously. So head on over to mypillow.com forward slash bards and your promo code's bards. I'm going to play I got one piece here I've already played this week. I want you to hear it. Then we're going to play another one. This has to do with the positioning of the elites. And then we're going to talk about some of our sovereign rights. Here we go. Let me come back. Kevin, let me come to you because I said I wanted, it's quite good the way the jury set it up. What did the president, what do you think, uh, a President Trump, he's the president from being the former president, but if there were a new President Trump, what uh, does he mean by retribution? This is a Davos. Uh, what is the issue calling out very specifically, a former attorney general and former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and so on? I mean, it, it sounds very personal. Um, and you said yourself a minute ago, anyone who's kind of not with the program is not going to be in, in an administration. Um, you know, one thing that Davos, you might say, and the people come here stand up for is liberal democracy. So if the idea that that's going to be swept under the table is part of the idea, hopefully that's not what he means. What do you mean? What do you think he means by retribution? Well, it's laughable that you would or anyone would describe Davos as protecting liberal democracy. It's equally, Standing up for it. It's, it's, it's equally laughable to use the word dictatorship at Davos and, and aim that at President Trump. In fact, I think that's absurd. But I'm going to step aside from that constructive criticism and instead answer your question. Yep. And, and I'm going to be substantive here. President Trump, if he's the next president, for that matter, I think whoever the next conservative president is going to take on the power of the elites, which I mentioned earlier. But there, the, the thing that I want to drive home here, the very reason that I'm here at Davos, is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal, but that you're part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X when, in fact, reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. President Trump will take that on on behalf of the average American. Elites also tell us that public safety isn't a problem in big American cities. Just travel to New York or Washington or Dallas, Texas. The average person will tell you that the lack of public safety damages not just the American way of life, but their life. President Trump will take that on. Thirdly, I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we, we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, based on climate change, are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. Fourth, two more here, Robin. Okay. The fourth, China, the number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at, at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Count on President Trump ending that nonsense. And fifth, as we sit here, another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing 
foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review, if not being rejected, by countries in Northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood. And do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him. And it's connected to Senator Portman's excellent point that in addition to needing a vigorous executive, we look forward to having the popular will inform both the House and Senate in 2025 to pass laws on all of those issues and many others. Ultimately, Robin, I think President Trump, if in fact he wins a second term, is going to be inspired by the wise words of Javier Millet, who said that he was in power not to guide sheep, but to awaken lions. And that's who we are. We're the lions. And it's time we start acting like it. This is a very interesting presentation. This is the CEO of the Heritage Foundation that was at Davos. And it's powerful. And he said some very important things if the people stand up to do it. That he wants to see legislation passed by the informed consent of the people. And he's also looking for a president that is being empowered by the people. This positioning is essential to the way our country is supposed to work. And it is not to be, it is not to be the president Trump, as the beginning of this implies, would be doing these actions on his own, but rather at the will and consent of the people, because he's representing the voice of America. And the only way we can get there is to continue the pressure of awakening as the elites now begin to panic. Now, earlier this week, we also listened to a piece from the CEO of, of J.P. Morgan. I don't have that piece in front of me, but here's my point. He's suddenly shifted positions at Davos. And what he's talking about is that he is talking about this idea that somehow now we have we have to be more kind, we have to get along, we have to start accepting people more, we have to can't, can't be so harsh on the MAGA people. These people are suddenly realizing that they've gone quite a bit too far and that the incoming presidency, whoever it is, which is likely going to be Trump, but either way, the people are beginning to speak, and if this election goes awry, here it is. Actually, let me play this. This will be right. Let me play this piece. This is from J.P. Morgan's CEO. And when he talks and he praises Trump. So take a listen. You've got this great hand. But when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump and they think they're voting and they're basically scapegoating them that you are like him. Uh, and but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. And if you look, just take a step back. Be honest. He's kind of right about NATO. Kind of right about immigration. Mm hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China, China so ta virus. Tax reform worked. Mm -hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't, th I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should, have, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. And it's, I, I agree. It's done quite well. And, you know, the it. Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, but, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really? Like, can we just stop that stuff and actually grow up and treat other people with respect and listen to them a little bit? Jimmy, and, Jimmy. and I do think the economy will affect. And I think this, this negative talk about MAGA is going to hurt Biden's election campaign says the CEO of J.P. Morgan that wears a Ukraine pin on his lapel as he's doing an interview. These people are snakes, all of them.
And what they don't understand is the true will of the people. They want you to believe you have no power. And so as a bankster that sits there that literally wants you to hear his concessionary speech, his conciliatory move to trying to essentially soft pedal the damage and destruction that's been done in this nation, he understands very much what's at stake from a point of view of the what lines his pockets. And that is people are getting fed up. They're beginning to decentralize. We're beginning to look at banking from a different angle. We're trying to see if there's new ways to do commerce. We're trying to get out of the debt enslavement that we're in. And this is what makes his wealth. So he's talking now and trying to school his own people to less to be to de-radicalize them. As we enter into an era now that there is a radical movement moving on in our nation, which is the radicalness is that we're pivoting back to a country that will be anchored in God. And it will be anchored, as our founding fathers said and implied. So it's important to understand because these people are afraid. They understand what is coming. So I want you to under, hear this piece here. This is a discussion at, at, Walsh, at, at Davos. And this is an interesting discussion because it's titled Defending Truth. And it's the Wall Street Journal editor that admits at Davos that the elites, that the legacy media of the elites have no longer control and ownership of the news as they had once had. Take a listen. When there's a big, big news event, a big world event, people still come to the legacy brands. We still have a lot of trust. But I think you only have to go back. I think I think we have to maintain that trust and we have to work at maintaining it in a way that we didn't have to do not so long ago. So if you go back really not not that long ago, as I say, we kind of we owned the news. We were the gatekeepers. And we very much owned the facts as well. If it said it in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, then that was a fact. Nowadays, people can go to all sorts of different sources for the news, and they're much more questioning about what we're saying. Because you're owned by the CIA and you lie. That's basically it. So this is where the alternative media has taken significant root, and it has had enough power and control over the narrative to start forcing that conversation into the Devos Forum. They're literally there basically talking to themselves and saying, oh my goodness, these these plebes that are down here, these slaves have started to shake the cage and they're not being good slaves at all. I want to read you something. I had my paradigm blown apart earlier tonight and this has to do with a discussion I had with Jaron Jackson, who you should all know. He's probably one of the preeminent common law experts in our nation. He, by the way, will be on the show Tuesday night. You can look forward to that. He's got some good things to talk about. But this is from the Oregon Constitution. I want to read this to you. It's pretty powerful. Uh, this is actually uh, the Section 1, and it says, We declare, this is Oregon Constitution, We declare that all men, when they form a social compact, are equal in right, that all power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted in their peace, safety, and happiness. And they have at all times a right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in such manner as they may think proper. Now, why do I bring this up tonight? We are sovereigns. We are not slaves. We are citizens, but we are sovereigns of this nation. All rights were inherent to us as a nation. We are subordinate to God. Government is under the people. Everything we hear in these discussions... President Trump will change this, even though he's operating on the consent of the people. We are missing the sole power, point and power of who we are in this nation. Now, that passage I just read you, generally speaking, the way it's interpreted is that people think that we collectively, 
we collectively have power. And so when it says men, don't get offended, women. When it says men, declare that all men, when they form a social compact, are equal in right. means there's no distinction between a billionaire and myself or somebody who's on the street that lives in the state. Everybody is equal. Obviously, there's some requirements if you live on the street, you must have an address, so let's leave it at that. But wherever your social status is, there is no difference. You are all equal in right. That the power, that all power, all power, is inherent in the people. It means government has no power unless government gives it power, unless people give the government power. The government only has the right to execute the laws that the people allow it to do. Okay? And it goes on. And all free governments are founded on their authority. It's our government, which has to abide by its own constitution. This doesn't have the power to go beyond the constitution. Is bound by us, the people. But it gets better. And instituted for their peace. That means my peace, your peace, safety, my safety, and happiness and they have at all times a right, they, that's us, have at all times a right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in such a manner as they may think proper. That means each and every one of us can change the contract with which we operate with our government. So if you are dealing with OSHA in your business and OSHA sends you a notice you have the right to reference the Constitution and your, and your rights of liberty in this nation in proper form and response to tell them that they have no right to come on your business unless they are ready, for example, to face the consequences of charges and penalty if they lie under the law. And the law is written by the Constitution. We have the right to establish how we deal with government. This is what people are missing. And it's a very difficult concept because we have been inoculated with this idea that we are under the subordination of a government. It's the other way around. We are sovereigns of this nation. We are sovereigns as Christ is sovereign, as we were given sovereignty by God. And this is what we continually forget here and why we get tripped up. We look to politics to change things. Politics will not change anything. What changes things is when we, the people, step in and say we have the sovereign right. That means each one of us has a separate right to the government, each one of us. That means that each one of us can tell the government, no, you can't. And we have a legal right to do so based on the common law in which our constitution was drafted and based on the principal issue that we as sovereigns of this world, children of the most high, do not have to take authority from people that are below us, that we have put in power to execute the laws per our will. Very important principle. And it's one that people are missing immensely in all of this and why we continue to trip because when we hear of elections year and we race to the elections, we're racing to rally and idolize a man. is isn't about idolatry. This is about us executing a decision. Now, if you've been following what's going to be going on on Jaron Jackson's Twitter page, and you've been following along with the other things that are happening, there is a move right now to support President Trump in his legal actions 
because we the people are directing him to do something. This is extremely powerful because that's the core of the Constitution. And by the way, what I understand, his team is, is supporting this action. This is the origins of common law of our nation. A representative doesn't have the right to do something off and send money to Ukraine if we the people and a person comes forward and says, if you do this and if you can't justify this by the rights of the Constitution, then you will be issued a penalty, and you can do that. Now, I don't have the exact wording for you. I'm not telling you to draft this in a certain way. I'm telling you the principles behind the authorities which we have. That's it. And this is why the principles of common law become so dangerous to an entrenched state and an entrenched elite. These are the times now that we have to start reclaiming this, and we have to start finding this. And the first thing I would tell everybody to do, and I'm doing it the same. In fact, I'm, I actually have something very unique because I was sent by somebody an original Oregon State Constitution or State of Oregon Constitution. I would encourage you all to read your state's constitutions. Know it in, in depth. But don't read it from the point of you being subjected to it. Read it from the point that you are sovereign and have written it to restrict the government. It's a change in paradigm. You have to do this. And when we read that and we read the Bible from the standpoint that we are sovereigns, our entire paradigms of how we see the world changes. This is why I go back to this piece I talk of so often of why this wording, you are unworthy, is so powerful from the pulpit. Because it's inverting your relationship to what God intended. We were born sinless. We were born of him. And the church will tell you that we are born sinners and we are unworthy. Those two don't mix. And yet the reality is we were born as children of the Most High. We were born sinless. God did not create a sinful being. We came into this world, into the fallen world. We become corrupted. We fall to sin. This is why Christ can say to the adulteress as she's being confronted with the accusers who have stones in their hand, they're going to stone her. And Christ pushes them back with his words reminding them of their own own sins, and they all leave. And when he goes to her and says, where are your accusers? And they say, they are not here, my Lord. And then he says to her, go and sin no more. Those words are powerful because what it's telling you is go and be what God told you to be and, and brought you into this world to be, a sinless creature. But that's not what we're told. It's not what we're inoculated with. And everything around our world is constructed with the formations of temptation. And so we fall constantly. And so God gives us an out. With, with the issues of our Savior, Jesus, we now can pray through him and we can seek repentance. And through repentance, we can be restored to the sinless nature of who we're supposed to be. And God is of infinite love. God has amazing patience. God sacrificed his son for us so that we could return to our sinless state. I guarantee this is not going to be a normal pulpit message for you tonight. So if your head's blowing, that's okay. Take a, take a drink of water, put your feet up, you'll, you'll stop hyperventilating. Grab a, grab a brown paper bag and breathe quick. You'll be okay. Trust me. This is a completely different way of looking at who we are, and it's essential because it's at the core of Scripture. Just like when we are born here, we are not born to tell God how many children we have. We are born here to propagate as God blesses us with children. So when we start to look at ourselves this way, you start to realize what our founding fathers and Father God gave us in this nation. 
All rights come from our Creator. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That is in the Declaration of Independence. Why do you think these trolls that run our government try not to talk about the Declaration of Independence? They always pivot to the Constitution. They don't want to discuss the Declaration of Independence. Matter of fact, they work hard at trying to tell you it's not part of our original documents, which is a lie. But what they'll say is it wasn't formed by the United States. It was not part of the United States then. That is absolutely wrong because the governing body was the Continental Congress that approved that document, and it became the founding document of our United States. It's established the moral law under which we would work and the common law structure in which our nation would be forged, and then from there comes the, the structure of government, which comes into the rights of the people and the Bill of Rights, which guarantees those rights. All of that is subordinate to the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is one of the most important documents we have because it establishes the rights and the reasons of why we are breaking from, the, from Mother England. And it even goes so far in a true Christian sense of delineating the objections we have to the king, which took a great deal of courage is it didn't just wantonly go out and say blah this or blah that and make accusations. It delivered the receipts and it listed out the crimes one by one of the, of the egregious actions that were taken that led them to the dis decision that they must lead these colonies into a new place of liberty. And that liberty was given to us by God. It was established that these are rights given to us by our creator, which was biblical in its sense and origin. And that was life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And these include, it said, it didn't limit them. It said these include life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That means each and every one of us are guaranteed those. No one can take it away. And when we say only you can give it away, that means you can hand it over to them if you want to let them take it away. But nobody has any right to take any of that away from you. I just read a headline earlier about the growing expanse of Chinese companies buying up American land. What do we do? Oh, my goodness. Here's a simple act. They're buying those companies under corporate law and under corporate structures. Corporate structures are created by government. Government is the will of the people. If government, takes, if government is the one that is creating them, government can take them away. Government can simply legislate them out. They can simply say these corporations can't exist, and just like that, the land goes away. Ownership goes back to the people of the United States because ownership of land is critical to our sovereign right as children of the Most High. They don't have a right to take it away. This trickle effect is massive because it continues to fall down and farther and farther. And to understand your rights and understand your principles of common law is essential and critical. It's not easy to learn. I'm not going to tell you. It's easy. It is a study. And I will work as we move forward and as I continue to build my relationship with Jaron to provide resources to guide you and direct you to where to go. I would tell you that the starting point in the discussion he and I had tonight is begin by reading deeply into your state constitution. Know it. We don't read our state constitutions. We need to. Because the state constitutions are superior to the U.S. Constitution, believe it or not, because every state constitution has to be included into the Constitution of the United States. So when it tells me that every person in my state can change the form or abolish the government, that means includes me. That's not like I have to build a big assembly of people. I can literally change my individual relationship with government based on a contract that I submit. That's the principle of common law because I will testify to that in my power and as myself as a sovereign of this country. 
because I am a sovereign of the Most High. Pretty significant, and it's something we have to look at very deeply. I want to read Job 12 as we go through here. No doubt you are the only wise people in the world, and wisdom will die with you. But I have intelligence and understanding as well as you. I am no inferior to you. Why does, who does not know such things as these of God's wisdom and might? I am a joke to my friends. I, one whom God answered when he called upon him, and just and blameless man is a joke, and laughed and scorned. He now is at ease, has contempt for misfortune, Be, but misfortune is ready and anxiously waiting for those whose feet slip. The tents of the destroyers prosper, and those who provoke God are apparently secure, whom God brings into their power. Now ask the animals and let them teach you that God does not deal with his creatures according to their character, and ask the birds of the air and let them tell you, or speak to the earth with its many forms of life, and it will teach you, and let the fish of the sea declare this truth to you. Who among all these does not recognize that in all these things that good and evil are randomly scattered throughout the nature and human life, that the hand of the Lord has done this? In whose hand is the life in every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Does the ear not put words into the t to the test, just as the palate tastes its food, distinguishing between the desirable and the undesirable? With the aged, you say, is wisdom, and with long life is understanding. We'll continue in a minute. We are in a place where evil is everywhere, but we forget who the main sovereign is. It's God. And we are his children. We are sovereigns in this world. And the wisdom that we gain truly comes through him. It's not what we learn in books. Unfortunately, what has happened is a dependency upon learning in books and rot memory and the things that they teach in schools has become our crutch because we've lost the understanding that true wisdom comes from Holy Spirit. And when we take a perspective in our world that we are sovereigns and now we are dealing with an interface to power, which we put in power, but has decided to tell us that they are more powerful than us. That is our government. That is the lie that we have to reject and start to rewrite over us. Because as it sits right now, government is telling us that it is more powerful. It is more powerful than all of us. The military tells us that it is more, more, more powerful. And the way it does it is it tries to arm itself up greater. It tries to use threat and coercion. It uses fear. There's three principal weapons that the enemy uses. Three. And these are rather powerful when you consider them. And those three weapons each have a mechanism that make them inordinately powerful when they're deployed against us. So let me walk you through them because this is rather profound. And this came from prayer this morning. The first weapon the enemy uses is doubt. Doubt is the lack of faith and allows the enemy to fill void, the voids within you of trust in Father with whispers and lies. So it replaces our faith in Father because doubt is separates us and then the lies of the, of the enemy roar in. When a person carries doubt, the enemy can build the illusion of having greater power than Father, fill a person with depression and fear and even anger at our Father for not being there. That's doubt. Doubt is an open door to the enemy to enter 
and doubt must be closed. It, the wound must be healed and the armor must be sealed. But doubt is your first one. One of the next powerful weapons the enemy uses is shame. Shame comes from wounds. With shame, a person develops a form of self-loathing. It's a self-loathing idolatry, in fact, that brings them to worship their pain and suffering more than they worship father. Shame becomes the idol and the wedge between father's love and blessings and the individual's burdens they carry. Shame must be identified. The demons feeding the shame have to be cast out and they have to be neutralized. The wound has to be healed and the armor has to be sealed. And your third major piece the enemy uses is fear. But fear is unique because fear is a virus. And once it's seeded into us, it takes on its own life force and it operates on its own. It separates us from Father, anchors us in the fleshly world, and subjects us to all of the darkness of this dirt world and all the darkness that this dirt world can manifest. Fear only needs to be seeded. The enemy can easily fan the flames of fear from afar. The result is fear that is like a virus and it weaponizes the person, us, against God, our Father, using our free will. We must come out of agreement with fear, absolutely. And we must rebuke it. And we have to break the soul ties of fear to be free. Three principal tools of the enemy that uses those to wage war against us and to separate us from God. And in so doing, proclaim control over us and in claiming control over us, we lose our authority as sovereigns, not because we can never get it back, but because we willfully give away our power to something that the enemy uses to weaken us. Our government right now uses these three areas to weaponize against us, to control us. And that's the sad part about our lives these days. Because the government uses doubt. It builds institutions to feed doubt into us. It builds shame. In fact, doubt and shame and fear were the three critical components when you water it down to what the COVID con was doing in trauma-based programming for the entire nation and the world for that matter. We have doubt of our future. We have doubt of our health. We have shame at the way that we may have performed one thing or another. Shame of wearing a mask. A mask was about shaming rituals anyway. The whole principle behind the mask is a shaming ritual. And fear because we're afraid of some agent that's coming from outside. It's, it's lurking. We still people see people reacting to this, even now, which stuns me, by the way. Our government is a tyranny. It's a despotic government. And it's telling us that we can't operate without it, and we can't operate unless it tells us what to do. We are the sovereigns. The government has no authority over us whatsoever. We are the sovereigns. The issue is an illegal fight, and this is a legal spiritual war in that sense. It is a spiritual war, but spirituality works on rules, and that is the law. The law of the land is the law of God. We have to understand the limits of our rules, and we get that first and foremost is we have to understand what Scripture is telling us. And we read the Bible, if we're reading the Bible, and we're reading it through the optic of a sovereign, not the optic of an unworthy, everything in the Bible begins to change. I'm going to continue with Job. It starts with Job 13. This is Job 12, 13. 
but only with him are perfect wisdom and might. He alone has true counsel and understanding. Behold, he tears down and it cannot be rebuilt. He imprisons a man and there can be no release. Behold, he restrains the waters and they dry up. Again, he sends the waters out and they overwhelm and devastate the earth. With him are might and sound wisdom. The misled and the misleaders are his and his and in his power. He makes great and scheming counselors walk barefoot and makes fools of judges. He loosens the bond of kings and binds their lions, their, I'm sorry, binds their loins with loincloth. He makes priests walk barefoot and he overturns men firmly seated and secure. He deprives the trusted ones of speech and takes away the discernment and discretion of the aged. He pours contempt on princes and nobles and loosens the belt of the strong, disabling them. He uncovers mysteries that are difficult to grasp and understand out of the darkness and brings black, black gloom and the shadows of death into light. He makes nations great and he destroys them. He enlarges nations and he leads them away captive. He removes intelligence and understanding from the leaders of the people of the earth and makes them wander and move blindly in the pathless waste. They grope in darkness without light. He makes them stagger like a drunken man. God has all control and all power. And as we are the children of the Most High, he's giving us power as sovereigns based on a simple act that we must, in fact, love first and through all things love and forgive because it's there that the true power of who he is manifests. Judgment is his. It is not ours. The angry heart that we have to seek vengeance is not ours to have, that we leave that to God because ultimately God's goal is to bring people back, understanding that throughout this world, this broken world, there are many pieces and he has scattered them all. He has made them all. That's the whole point. God has created all things. So when we wage war against the government and we're trying to wage war and violence, which is everything they're trying to do right now, they're fanning the flames of this civil war. They've got a new movie coming out, Civil War, which I'm going to talk about in the last part of this. We have the authority and power when we're given that authority and power as sovereigns of this nation. But our paradigm has to shift. And we have to understand that each one of us has an aspect of executing that sovereign power over this government. And it's there that things begin to truly change. And you will see that change. And those are things that we will continue to work with as we move forward. Now, the one thing this government wants more than ever is they want us to wage war against each other. The war that we need to wage is the war of the spirit and the war of the law of God. And all of that happens when we start to understand more effectively our scriptures, our place as sovereigns, and we begin to understand our state constitutions, our federal constitution, and I mean deeply understand them. And then begin to understand the tools. The tools are easy. The paradigm shift is hard. We have to understand that when we're reading these constitutions, when we're reading the Bible, we're reading them as sovereigns, not as unworthies. When you can make that paradigm shift, you're beginning to work into the right lens of what they fear the most. They don't fear you as a slave. They do fear you as a sovereign, as a child of the Most High. Because when you embrace that authority, there's nothing that they can do. For they are bound to things greater than all of us, as we are bound to them as well. There is a movie coming up. 
It's coming out this summer. It's called Civil War. And it promotes this idea that the Western states, California and Texas, the conservative crazies out here, have now aligned with the military to wage a war across the United States as these people supposedly try to stay neutral in the fight. Military killing military, dividing executions, all these normal good things about a civil war that they want you to believe. It's all fear-mongering. What's the, one of the three tools the government uses? Fear. And it uses that effectively. And as it uses fear, it tries to get in people's thoughts that it's going to be these crazy Christians that are going to lead this country into doom because we're going to have to endure that horrible sense of Christians taking back the Christian nationalists, MAGA people doing that most wretched thing because they didn't abide by the rules of the game, even though they were rigged and cheated. A couple of things I want to frame about this film that most people miss. It's important. A movie of this scale of production takes three is fast, five is normal years to do. Three to five years. I want you to roll back three to five years. We'll take we'll take four as a medium. Four years ago was 2020. This film script was being written. If we went back five years ago, that was the beginning. That was the impeachment period of Trump. That would mean that during the five years ago period, the script was being written. From that point, they had to do things like develop the script, find the funding, cast, get the casting done, do site location and scouting, secure and lease those sites, get the production team put together and begin production, do a post-production, do promotion, and then do release. That's the, a long process for film especially of this magnitude. You have special effects studios you have to be brought in. You have lots of different things going on. Now, the question everyone should be asking is, how did they know three to five years ago that this is where we would be? And most people will answer, that's just random and a coincidence. It's not. If you start looking at films and tracking films, they are part of the influence operations before the main event. They do, they do early seating with films, and then they bring in films just before the main event. And there's a lot of films this year about Civil War in their form. This particular one is called Civil War. So as you answer that question, then you need to ask, ask one more. If they understood where we would be three to five years ago, the question everyone should be asking is, who's writing our script that's allowing us to be where we are today, right in line with the movie script that they're now releasing? And the reason all this becomes important is the only way that can happen is if the public is functioning like slaves. If we're being obedient to what the government and the agencies are telling us to do. If we were living as sovereigns, if we were living in the way that God intended us, none of this would be possible. But it's showing you the reflection of a collective mind that has submitted itself to the will of a tyrannical government, that the government itself sees the people as slaves and subordinate to itself. That is not constitutional. Our government executes the will of the people. And therefore, it's the people that are sovereigns above it. And they're people that have the authority. And the people who can decide if the government is to continue to be modified or to be, to be abolished. And every state has that in its constitution. 
let that sink in. So the question really is what's happened to us? And what's happened is we've been lulled to sleep. And we've let them invert the story. And they've let them invert our purpose and our mission and our authority. And they've let that happen to such a degree that we stand by and watch the rape and pillage of our nation. And we do nothing. Well, patriots, it's time that we stop doing nothing. It's time that we start living into what God intended us to live. And though I don't have an answer for this, I would simply say that if God intended us to be sovereigns of this earth, which he did, what is that going to look like when we admit to him that we didn't execute our authorities? I don't see that going well in heaven. Just saying. All right, patriots, let's pray. Father God, we come to you today very humbled and blessed. We just ask you today to bless us all with the insight and wisdom of Holy, with Holy Spirit to open our eyes to the power and might of sovereigns of this world. Let us start seeing through the optics of us as children of the Most High, born sinless, brought into a fallen world, subjected to sin. Let us cast out the programming of being unworthy. Instead, step into the paradigm that we are worthy and sinless, but that we've needed Christ to get ourselves back to the righteousness of kingdom. And it was through his death, his sacrifice, that all sins were forgiven. And so it is a process that we must execute regularly in a fallen world to repent and to restore our perfection back amongst those in kingdom and along the throne of the Most High. Father, we ask for a continued blessing upon our hearts that will give us courage to stand, to pursue the knowledge that will give us the eyes, uh, open eyes to see truly whom we are in this world. What is it that these people are most afraid of? And we know. They are afraid that we will awaken to our true sense of power, our true authority on this earth, that they have none, but are continuing to convince us that we have none while they rape and pillage all that was given and promised. So, Father, as we sit in this moment, we pray that blessing over all that will hear this show. We pray this blessing over all of this nation to have an awakening in their heart that something isn't right, that we are not to be subject or subjected to a government that we put in power. That was never the rule. That was never the rule and role of this nation. And so, Father, with that, it's the great awakening of the sense of purpose and intent by our founding fathers to drive people to read again, to seek the knowledge of what this country was built on and the principle it was shaped around, that all power came from the people and that we, the people, are the sovereigns of this land. So, Father, bless us and guide us in this hour. Protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Super important principles here tonight. It's the basis of what a good, effective war will be against this government. And it doesn't have to be violent. And that's the thing they want you to constantly think, that the only way through this is violent action. This is not the only way through this. Violent action is, is what they portray in the movies. Heroic action is what you see with the letter of military accountability, declaration of military accountability, and the 231. That's taking a solid forward action, which, by the way, if you get a chance to go to the site, militaryaccountability.com, sign the petition. And patriots, this is truly an important time to re relens what we are doing to pivot ourselves to another place, to understand that we have the authorities and now seek out those knowledge and knowledge and understanding to execute these, this position of power through the framework that will keep them at bay and put them on notice for what they have done. At the end of the day, 
They're all playing by a set of rules. The question is, are we going to play on their court with their rules, or are we going to bring them onto ours and force them to play on God's court with his rules? I'll take God every time. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow morning for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Chasing mountains I can't Fire
Sometimes it takes all you got to. Go.